Hello everyone, I'm Sophie Marin and this is Arts Dynamics Talks. This began as a live stream series on Facebook during COVID-19 when I started interviewing artists and creatives and changemakers within arts, culture and entertainment all around the world. I wanted to learn more about what they are doing to pivot, what's happening in their corner of the world and also what their future plans are post-COVID-19. As it happens, this began as a 12-part mini live stream series, but is now growing into more episodes. So thank you all so much for tuning in and for listening. We've also been uh, asked to do this as a podcast, which is why you can now hear the audio versions on Spotify and other platforms as well. So happy listening. I hope you enjoy the show. For more information about Arts Dynamics, go to artsdynamics.com and connect up with us on social media. So with that, have a great day and enjoy. Hello, everyone. I am Sophie Marin. I'm the host of Arts Dynamics Talks, which is a 12-part live stream miniseries where I will be interviewing creatives and change makers from around the world. And the whole idea is really to get a feel for what's happening right now during Corona. We know that the arts uh, industries are being hit really hard. Musicians and actors and singers, well, throughout the whole, within the whole cultural and creative industries, we are facing some uh, quite big challenges, but also many opportunities. So uh, I'm really thrilled to have invited with me here today Michael Axelson, who is a opera singer, a lyric tenor, but also an entrepreneur. So Michael, why don't you tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Thank you, and I'm really happy to be here. Like I said, it's um, I'm uh, well, like you said, freelancing opera singer. I've been uh, singing almost all my life. I started off uh, singing in boys choir, and uh, my father was a singer, so I studied with him when I was young. And then I guess I just had the the need in me to be an opera singer, to be a singer, to work with music, to professionally. Uh, so I went on studying at the academy at the College of Opera, and um, becoming an opera singer. And I've been working as an opera singer for just over twelve years now. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, we met at the opera house. Yeah, we met at the opera house. That's true. <laughs> it's actually true. And you were my boss <laughs> there. So um, no, I, I, it actually that, but I had the privilege of working with you. <laughs> yes, I had the privilege of working with you. But I think we also very quickly saw that in each other that we had a lot of things in common in in the values and in the how we looked at the music world, so to speak. But it's a really fantastic house to be in. Uh, I was there as a child because my father was in the opera chorus. So I recognize the smell there. I, I really, it's it's something that I'm very, very fond of to be in that house and to sing on that stage. Yeah. So it's it's really a fantastic thing. It's, was he it's the, the reason? Most... What? Yeah, sorry. Was, he... Was, was he the reason that you went to the opera, do you think? Or? In a way, yes, because I met it very early in life. And I recognize that I really love being in the the whole process of an opera, the, both dramatically and also musically, the whole machinery, the, the total artwork of it. It's paintings, it's, it's the scenery, but it's also making the clothes and everything that is, comes into an opera that makes it a whole masterpiece. That's something that I really appreciate and, and love. 
uh, and also to be a part of that and also to be a singer in that, which is something that I need to be, I think. That's privilege. Yeah, I passed the Opera House the other day and it feels so strange with all these big institutions mm. now being shut down because of Corona. Yes. It's hard to believe. I'm really grateful that they are live streaming all these uh, shows that they are, the productions. But that's something actually I'd like to talk to you about because I yeah. know that uh, it's, it's really wonderful that all these opera houses and concert halls are live streaming and people really appreciate it. But we had a conversation at the, during the first episode, what happens with the people where I feel that maybe you're not as, you don't have all the equipment needed to, to mm. do a, mm. a broadcast like that. And how does that affect you as a musician and your music career and so forth? Yes, of course, so if you find all these things live and for free, then it's difficult for a, a, an artist that, that can't produce something like this in the same way to just find ways to monetize. That's yeah. really true. Yeah, it is. But as you said, you've been singing in an opera course, but you're also a soloist. So tell me a little bit more about that. You've been touring, I know, internationally. and Yes, I've been touring internationally. I Quite quickly, I realized the opera world in Germany was something that I wanted to explore. I went down to Germany, auditioned for a little, several agents there. And I found an agent that, or I find several agents that liked me. And, and one of them sent me on to uh, an opera house in Dresden. Uh, in the eastern part of Germany. And there I found two-year contract, or I got a two-year contract. Uh, so I spent two full years singing at the opera house there, which is a very, it's a very active opera house uh, called Landesbühne Sachsen, touring uh, all parts of Sachsen, but also different parts of Germany. Because being a Landesbühne, it's supposed to present opera or theater to the whole part of Saxon. It's the yeah. meaning of the of the word Landesbühne. So we toured the whole Saxon and and played in, in so many different types of houses. Uh, that's the part I really enjoyed uh, singing in that house. It's was very demanding, but also something I love very much. Mm. Um, and so what do you do now then when you're back in Sweden and uh, with also with the, the current situation and with touring and yes. all of that? How are you I, I went that? back to Sweden. That was a long time ago. So I started off again uh, singing a lot in Sweden. Uh, in Sweden, it's more difficult to survive financially on only opera. can be done, but it's, it's more demanding, uh, having a family especially. And uh, so I turned into more concerts. I've sung a lot of oratories, sang a lot in churches. And I also sang a lot in choirs. Of course, all that stopped now. All the concerts, all the productions. And I have been very much of a live artist uh, singing at live concerts. So it's a very different way of, of spending my life now. Because uh, I've always been a singer that has a lot of things to do. I've always sung a lot. I've always tried a lot of different things. I'm interested in all different parts of the classical music, uh, singing uh, leader, uh, art songs, I mean in English, and also chamber music, but also big oratories and singing in the choir a lot, and also big opera, also both choir and soloist. Now, I, it's really a, a time of a great shift, I'd say, to finding different ways of presenting new music and also different ways of income streams, finding income streams. So since everything is shut down, I do have time to practice. I've always had been 
a person that practices a lot when I have a focus. That's what drives me to practice. And if I don't have a focus or, or something to practice for, I'm very bad at finding a practice time schedule, so to speak. So perhaps now is the time for me to really find the very good habits of practicing regularly. But other than that, I've worked a lot with just finding the different ways of shifting my work into the digital world, the on online world. So I'm working a lot with both to just find a way to, how can you have concert? Because you can live stream from your own home, of, of course, but the, the sound quality wouldn't be very good. And as a classical singer, I would be very frustrated with just not finding the acoustics and not having the the sound that that you usually you, you want as an audience as well so mm. i'm searching ways of creating that in the online world also finding the and i i realized that chamber music is really something that you can you can create the same feeling because chamber music is built upon being in in, in a, a quite a close environment being very interactive with people and that's really suitable for filming online, sending uh, d digitally live online. So uh, I, I really I've looked into different ways of of incorporating the the parts that you want in that interaction uh, somehow to to be able to because it, you you could just put a camera there and film a concert, but it wouldn't be the same. So I, I think you need to find ways of shifting, keeping the classical music. Uh, calmness of, of a concert the the way of just focusing and and keeping the the rest of the world outside but also finding new ways of creating just a valuable situation and appreciating the music yeah so uh, that's been on my mind a lot the last couple of weeks have you noticed any difference when it comes to your creativity and now that you've got more time on your hand, does it affect your creativity in any way or the way you, even now when you, as you say, when you sort of deep dive more perhaps into particular works or? Yes. The first reaction is just, uh, I don't know, panic, I guess, or, or just, you know, or, or hopelessness. What can I do? And I think every artist would feel that. Hmm. But the next stage is getting into what, exactly what you're saying, finding the new pathways that, that are actually there. And I've been listening a lot to different podcasts about from other musicians that have, have already done a lot of things online. Uh, and I have um, read a lot and, and uh, on different web pages about it. So I've, I've been really inspired to searching out new ways, learning a lot. Uh, of course, I was... Uh, which we'll come back to, I guess. Um, I have been teaching digital marketing, so I know the different ways of, of finding your marketing streams online. That's for sure. And I have a webpage since a long time ago, and I have a Spotify for artists, of course, presence. But it's a different thing of also creating your income streams online. And that's something because before I was more focused on how do I drive the fans through the digital marketing channels to my live concerts. 
but when I don't have live concerts, I, I have nothing to drive them to. So I have to shift the way of what, what can I offer? What can I do to both get my singing out there to, to be able to sing also, but also to create a value for the ones that I actually turn to, to my fans. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think uh, what we've seen these past few weeks and even months now, people really trying out new tools and just jumping yes. online and testing things out. Even this podcast is a perfect example uh, exactly. of just trying yeah. new. So we're now live streaming to five different platforms. We're going to download the audio and turn that into a podcast. And as you could see, we did not have the perfect beginning because I didn't know, you know, in detail what button, which buttons to press when and the countdown. But how can you uh, learn if you don't do? And I don't know if you agree with me, Mike. Michael, I find within opera, within fine arts and within our, our, our industry, we, we so strive for perfection normally when we do mm. all these performances, whereas now online, there's so many new things to try out, but you have to test them out. Uh, yeah. That's the only way to get to know them better and to see what works for you. Would you agree with that? Yes. An interesting thing is, is that it actually drives creativity, I think, because when trying this out, you also I mean, you it's it's more allowed to actually not be perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, I listened to a podcast the other day, Sticky Notes uh, for, for classical music, which is a very interesting podcast also. And they talked a lot about this thing that you're very accustomed to as listening to classical music. You have these recordings, but you've been in a studio recording for hours and hours and perfecting every single minute of it. And uh, now if you want to send online, if you want to live stream online, it, you can't do that. It's totally different way and also trying out as you say all these different tools you feel like a newcomer in the in the field but it's a good thing because you you can also feel a lot of creativity in this it's allowed to actually make mistakes which is a good thing yeah so in, in that way it's it's actually quite fun to try out things yeah to just, just, to play I, I just out. went out the other a couple of weeks ago and just filled myself singing a cappella because I, I don't play the piano very well, at least not when I'm singing at the same time. Uh, and and I, so I need someone to cooperate with musically. But and as a singer, you, you usually don't sing a cappella only. There are a couple of pieces written for it, but not very much. But I just tried it out and I felt OK, that it was a very good feeling to just go out there and try something and just not feel that this is a fault because everyone welcomes it. Yeah, you just have to try it out and see what works with you. And exactly. and even uh, I know we are, for those of you, and, and I see that many people have joined this live cast. Welcome so much. We do see you. <laughs> and uh, several of you have also written comments. So thank you and welcome so much. And for people listening in now to sort of the replay, hello to you too. And thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to Michael in this case and to myself and to all these people now joining us for the upcoming weeks. We uh, in Sweden, for those of you who don't know, we, we host a Monday sort of session Monday music meetup between 12 and 1 the sort of lunchtime hour where we explore sort of for the music industry uh, but in Sweden uh, basically to tap into the latest news and we've also diving deep now into sort of the tech part of it and live stream and our upcoming episode now on Monday will cover sound quality and we're noticing that more and mm. more people are now asking about but how is one is one thing to do live streams and, and figuring out what kind of platforms to use I mean this is StreamYard you've got BeLive Zoom I know many people use and you can also use it to stream live uh, and there are the Twitch obviously and the gaming industry are using a lot of great great apps and tools for those of you who would like to go down that avenue there are really great ones and 
you can also just ask in the comments and we'll fill you in afterwards if you have any questions. But the next level, once you sort of try that out and you test, does it work with microphone, without microphone? Today we're testing with headphones. Last time I did without. And it's the same for you, obviously. So I'm curious, Michael, what you think as sort of the next level of this. One is the platform, but number two is as you say, within classical music as well, you want the quality of the music to be right. Mm. You know, what kind of microphones should you use and what kind of acoustics should you be in? Could you do it like this is like a kitchen conversation we're having right now because I'm sending exactly. broadcasting from my kitchen. But as a, so, as a singer, what are you looking into? I'm looking into also different. I mean, the, um, what I realized, there are different stages also of of getting your music out there. Of course, I've looked into really much now. I have so much old recordings that I don't have, haven't had an idea of what to do with. And now I realize this is something I can work with and actually uh, edit and, and put out there in different ways. And then the next thing is, is also, of course, uh, the value part. How do you create value that's some, that the people also think that this is not something that you just get for free. I mean, there is a lot of music for free, of course. The music is free. But the artists that worked with this, the, the sound technicians, everyone in this whole business actually need to get paid. And that's not a strange thing. So I think also as an artist, I have an uh, obligation to not offer everything I have for free, but to find a way to also make it clear for people that this has value. I'm also looking into how can I create something that I can put out there and present to everyone, of course, so that they can listen to me as an artist if they want to, but also find a way to raise in the economical value of it so that one would actually pay me or someone else for it. It's also a, a different version is, for example, now uh, all the different platforms have created uh, sponsor me or 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 help the music uh, business or help the musicians or something uh, a button i mean and for example spotify created this i think a week ago or or two weeks ago and i went into and, and looked into it and realized that you can also direct it for example for different funds uh, in, in Sweden, we have the Musikerförbundet, the Musicians uh, Unions Agency, that have uh, created a fund for musicians. So you, I could direct the button there to this agency if I feel that, of course, I have lost a lot of money in this, but I'm safe, I can survive, I don't have a problem keeping my house. And I know that there are so many colleagues that's, that really fight with this and have a, a huge problem. My own sister, for example, also being a professional musician. And she's married to another professional freelancing musician. They're both freelancing, so their income streams have just stopped now. Yeah. So there are a lot of, of different new tools that just pop up. So I think the, the important part now, I can't remember your question, but I think a, a, a <laughs> important Sorry, thing right quality. now yeah yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, sound quality. Yes, uh, that's the actually the the goal is now to also find the way to because the sound quality is connected with i think the value of, of the music that we put out there mm. and and to find different ways of also creating value and and i mean also not in the way that we create things but also create value in the eyes of the people that in the that you can see and appreciate that this has value and this is really a very complicated thing because it's 
uh, we're speaking about changing people's habits and 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 culture mm. the culture in the in the society and yeah. that's um of course takes time but it's it's being uh, it has speed up in these times now that we're in yeah so uh, and and the sound quality for the classical music is so such an important part of this so yeah. it's also about finding ways to and that costs money to mm. create a good sound quality yeah so it's also a way of finding ways to but how how can i i create a kind of platform both the digital platform of course yeah. and we spoke about that in, in this money me meeting which was really interesting to find that there are already platforms out there that creates this yeah uh, but also the platform from your, yourself what, what's your network what's uh, the people around you that can that you can work with to create some kind of platform to create a digital concert perhaps with good mm. sound quality but which you can also monetize and put on a platform that has the value that people would pay for yeah you're right and i just wanted to add something for those of you who are tuning into this live cast episode number two of arts dynamics talks that, that you are testing out for yourself or you might have heard of we would love to hear that so we can share that with the community please just post below the comments and go to the facebook group arts dynamics and really just share the things that you know work and that, that are sort of your favorite it could be not only actually sound it could also be uh, lighting and, and um, favorite software or favorite platforms and as michael is saying you're saying with the classical music is one thing but we've got so many different genres and and it will be interesting to find not only within music but within the um, different, um, within the performing arts and within other um, niches of the art, if the, um, if the needs are different, depending on what kind of art form you do. So that's something to keep an eye on now during this series, I think. And uh, Michael, I know also, uh, because we had uh, some lovely conversations when Corona hit, you've completely now revamped your entire website, haven't you? And yes. uh, streamlined yours. <laughs> so tell us more what... what True. Why did you do that? <laughs> yes, I realized that my, first of all, my webpage, which I liked because you like things that you create, of course. Uh, I wrote it myself some three, four years ago, I think. But that's three, four years ago. And, uh, and the internet it changes very quickly. So it started to look a bit old, I think, in the way that you see it. And it also didn't work perfectly in, in on mobile phones and things like mm. that. So. I have looked into a bit and how should I, what, what can I change? And I also, we always tell our students that you should have, have a store on your webpage so you can sell things. Mm. <laughs> and I haven't had that. And that's because I'm, I know that there are different possibilities out there, but I haven't had actually, honestly speaking, the time to, to actually create it because I didn't have the need for it also, because I've been such, so much of a live music artist. So, I didn't have the need for having a store and now I do. So uh, that was th the most important difference is that now I have my music on my page. You can buy my, my albums directly on the page. You can download the tracks in high quality format. That's also mm. a thing. You, what guides us in these times, I think, what, what needs to guide us is the values that you set up and also the things that you have defines your genre 
genre, ja. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, genre. The, genre, <laughs> uh, in Swedish. The, uh, the, 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 or niche, niche, uh, mm-hmm. you could say also, that, that defines it. And for example, the classical music is really a, a music that, that wants high quality sound. So I quickly realized that it needs to be high quality downloads. And what you find on Spotify and what you find on all the different platforms are at the most high quality MP3s. But it's mm. it's not to compare with, uh, the, for example, the CD quality, which is also not very high quality, but it's at least it's much higher than you could stream nowadays. Yeah. So all my downloads are in FLAC format, or which is different to, it, it's not a compressed format, exactly. Mm. Okay, well, that's interesting to hear. For example, but it's different in different genres. In other genres, it's not important. Then you can use MP3s or, or a, a different way of, of selling your music, so to speak. And but maybe also, to... may I just add to that? We talked about at the beginning, sort of what do you give out for free and what do people pay mm-hmm. for, perhaps? And this doesn't just go for music, but for the entire art. So there are particular things where you feel like you can do sort of more unplugged versions like we are doing now. You might do things at home yeah. or yes. sort of things where you just uh, either to test new things out or just to connect mm-hmm. with the audiences or to give them something else. I mean, we can watch Yo-Yo Ma now perform at CNN, for instance, for free. I- I'm assuming. I haven't actually looked into that, so maybe he is getting paid <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it after this. Yes. <laughs> we need to check out. Uh, yeah. But uh, so there are certain things that you could give up for free, and perhaps that is also of lower quality than you charge for when it is higher quality. I know that there mm. has been a big discussion about that within our industry. Exactly. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's you, you have to find the different levels of, of what what kind of value is this, and it's it's a complicated thing. Also, like you said in the beginning, that the big institutions. Mm. that have good sound quality that have yeah. extraordinary for example the radio choir in stockholm the uh, or the opera house uh, or or the different concert house halls all over the world they stream live they stream i mean oh they put up old recordings which are very high quality and you can find it for free yeah so it is a difficult world to find this value and but this is also which uh, creates creativity mm. and helps us to find the different levels, I think. And as an artist, it's also very important to think about. The, it's, it's also the, the fans would take interest not only in exactly the music that you present, but also in you as an artist, what makes, what drives you to, to explore this music and what are your thoughts in these uh, different songs or different pieces. Yeah. Uh, that's something that I think will be more and more interesting and we will see more of. And this is also something that you can, I think, use as an artist. Because mm. if you find different ways of presenting and making people interested in this, then it's not a a, a strange thing to also buy a CD later or, or also tap into a live stream that is, is uh, paid for. Yeah. You remind me of a conversation I had when I lived in London uh, and I, I had been to sort of one of these big weekend courses in digital marketing and future trends and tech and innovation. And I was all fired up. Uh, and uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I have a production company from Sweden Productions. So we basically promote Swedish performing arts abroad. And that's what we did in London. So BBC Proms, West End, etc. And I was always looking into ways where we could sort of strengthen and position the profile of the artists. We wanted to fill the concerts obviously so because once we produce concerts we wanted them also to be full 
So I looked into all these various strategies for your branding and PR and marketing and digital sort of strategies, also how to monetize. So I was all fired up. I was so excited because I'd learned from all the online laptop millionaires who were making so much money just by doing simple PDFs that people downloaded all over the world. And they made millions and millions of dollars. And it was just so provoking to me because I knew even a fraction of that would pay for an entire tour or an opera production Mm -hmm. or a musical theater production, whatever. And I I remember I had an evening dinner together with artist managers uh, who represented conductors and singers and musicians um, at the very top level. And I came into this this dinner and I was very fired up and I just wanted to share everything I had learned. And and, uh, this was sort of the early days of social media as well. So it was really the beginning. And I was like, yeah, and you can do this. And what do you think of that? And Facebook this, and you can use Twitter like that and Insta and la, la, la. And the response I had was, it quite shocked me. The the response I had was they told me that, no, Sophie, that's not good. Because you see, if you use social media platforms to raise the profile of the artist, that means the fees are going to get too high. So then the promoters and concert halls and opera houses won't take them in because they're too expensive. And I'm like, what? And they're like, yeah. So we don't really prefer to do sort of market them. First of all, it's too commercialized. So we we have to sort of protect the integrity Mm. of the arts. So it's not really good to be seen as a commercial artist. And number two, it will drive up the fees and therefore artists will uh, lose out on work. Uh, Mm. And I was stunned. Even to this day, I'm stunned. And I think hopefully now with Corona, a good thing is happening because what I've seen, and I know you and I have had some really great conversations about this, is that it has been difficult for for musicians and artists to monetize what we do and often are dependent on grants and scholarships and sort of financial support. And even in school, you're being taught how to raise funds or uh, you have to wait for applications to either be accepted or denied. Sometimes you are close to the opening night and then you have your you know, your your application denied, and then suddenly you are at a huge loss financially. It's a huge risk. And what I've been trying to say over all these years is, actually, you've got the power in your own hand. There are so many things you can do online where you can build your own audience, just like you say, and you can uh, that way generate your own income stream. So you're not dependent yes. on other people. And what you're saying and what we're seeing now with COVID is that now we're being forced online because we're not even allowed to go outdoors. So hopefully something, and I mean, now we're even talking about 5G and and what happens sort of when 5G hits and the the speed Mm. of things and internet of things is just really the next level. I think it's quite, we live in fascinating times to say the least. Yes. I think it's, uh, as a musician, something that is also a complication is that there are so many different solutions. Mm. I mean not solutions to the money problem perhaps always but uh, different ways of reaching out digitally that you get totally overwhelmed with uh, i can yeah. do this and i should do this and i should do that and i i should live stream i should write on twitter i should write on facebook there's soundcloud to put out your yeah. music you have youtube should i be on youtube or spotify or should i be on both <laughs> there are so many different ways and uh, this is something that i've fought with myself as well because else like you said before, I'm, I'm also teaching in, in, in uh, other other artists or other musicians in how to actually survive on your art, I, I say sometimes, in the company Artepreneur. So I always had the feeling I have to learn everything myself as well, mm-hmm. because I need to be able to teach everyone the different parts. Of, but it's also, I have found in these times, because the the possibilities 
in this sense, in the digital sense, has yeah. have totally exploded. Yeah. So there are so many different platforms, so many different tools. And at first I was just, uh, like we said, panicking and just trying everything out and finding everything. But I, I realized that I'm slowly now uh, turning myself into the focus of, of going back to the basics, to the values that I myself have, to the classical music values. So yeah. I look into, okay, what, what's guiding me? The values that I have in me is guiding me. The values that means, for example, for myself, the family that I have is the most important thing. That's what turned me back to Sweden when I was in Germany. I would have continued otherwise if I didn't have the family that guided me back. Because one of my biggest values in life is to have a family, to be close to them, to be of value for them. Uh, but also, of course, having a family is also um, the need of security. So that's also something that I work with. To, and that's about money, to have the security in life, to, to have an income stream. But to go back to your values, what's the value that drives me? And what then does it mean? And then I don't have to try everything out. I just have to do enough, so to speak, <laughs> to also, I mean, you can do a lot and you can do a little, of course, but you can also choose much more easily if you go back to your values and, and uh, what drives you as a musician or as a person. Yeah, that's a very, a that's a very lovely, exactly. It's a very lovely advice that you, that you say. And I listened to a podcast also or a live cast actually before entering this one together with you. And they also stress the fact, what you're just saying right now, how important it is to have your own standards, your own values, and to know what drives to you and, and your vision and mission and passion and purpose. Hmm. That way it is also easier to know what to say yes to and what to say no to, I guess. Yes. Is that what you're saying? You, yes, yeah? exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah, really interesting. So a typical day for you now in, in quarantine. And, and I know, well, I mean, in Sweden, we're not really in quarantine, even though we are still, uh, even in our country, we cannot just walk around and do, we, we cannot have big crowds and stuff like that. And we're also seeing in the world that this, um, unfortunately, this pandemic, it will keep on going for a while. Uh, mm -hmm. And we have new epicenters uh, almost, uh, if not every day, but every week or month. Uh, so this situation will last for quite some yes. time. So how are you as an artist doing what you do and doing what you love? What does a typical day look like for you? And yeah. Um, yeah, it's different, of course, but it's I try to keep on practicing because and I've uh, stopped in diff different parts. Uh, I do have some things that that I practice for. I, I have a recording, for example, uh, that I do. I record an, a whole opera, not myself, of course, but there's a composer that he's, he's a church musician in a small uh, village, I'd say, almost in Sweden. And he wrote an opera several years ago, and now he got inheritance from his mm. father. His father died some years ago, and then he got a lot of money after him. And he realized that if I just keep on doing what I do and, and just put the money in this, the, it wouldn't become something special. And he would want the money from his father to to turn into something special. So he decided that he would record his opera that he wrote because he knew that his father loved him writing music very much. And so he just started up and, and then he realized being far from every big city uh, and the musicians would come from some, some big city, from Stockholm or from Örebro, which is the closest big city where he lives, 
he realized I would have a very hard time collecting everyone somewhere and recording this. And where would I record it? He didn't know. So what he's doing, he found a sound technician and he's recording one instrument at the time and putting everything on top. And then in the end, we coming as singers and I sing the main uh, male part in the opera and sing to the instruments. So we have the instruments that already recording and every instrumentalist have what is, has already been recorded in his or her ear and just play with that. So that's also th something that I realized when all this started. This is a, a fantastic project. And also in these times, because you can actually record a whole opera yeah. Corona safe, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> so we're only three or four people in the room. Hmm. And it's a church which he records in, which is a middle-sized church. So the acoustics are, are good for recording, but it, it's also a big place to be. So we can keep a, a very good distance. And when so, will it be released, this opera? It sounds wonderful. I, I'm not sure. He will do the last recording sometime middle uh, July, I think. Mm. That's his plan. But it, he has to, has had to postpone it several times because of difficulty finding the times for all the different musicians and uh, and singers. But his goal, I think, is to have something ready in, in the autumn. Mm. And he has to, to talk with the museum. It's it's based on the Strindberg, August Strindberg uh, piece. Oh, so yeah. he's talked with the Strindberg Museum and they will pick it up and, and have the recording on mm. for sale there, of course. That is pretty amazing. And my son, mm. is he told me, I don't think I'm supposed to know, they've got a, in Sweden, we finish for our friends out in the world. As the school system is, in Sweden is a bit different than other countries where they actually end uh, their school term uh, in just a few weeks' time. And they've got mm. 10 mm. weeks off for school holiday. And normally, as parents, we will come and it will obviously be a big day for both the children and us as parents. But this time, we're not allowed to go because of COVID-19. And exactly. they are doing similar thing. They are now recording this the way you mentioned but sort of in a sort of adapt, adapted to the school environment um, mm -hmm. so uh, they're now recording a song so that we yeah. uh, as parents can listen to them singing mm -hmm. uh, which I normally do but sort of in a digital version I, I thought it was quite cute yeah. yeah it's the same for me I also have <laughs> children in, in these ages or mine are a bit younger I think so my, my son actually have a, a, his uh, final party today at mm. uh, Kindergarten. Yeah. He's Aww. five years old, and his he will go mm. on to the pre preschool year yeah. next year. So uh, he switches uh, schools, uh, and uh, so they had the uh, ending today. But they could bring some candy with them. So he had strawberries and uh, oh, what's that called? Cocos bolar. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, yeah. chocolate. Um, uh, yeah, thank candy you. that you do it yourself yeah. <laughs> yeah. with him but we can stand with him and that they will record and, and my daughter also has her, her ending is also filmed with their, they will sing a song together her class mm. which they will film in the church but there are no parents allowed but they will can then give all the parents the recordings yeah Back to the original question with how, how a typical day looks like for me <laughs> because I ended up somewhere else but it also has a lot to do with the family. My wife is a teacher, so she's uh, she's at home because she teaches older students and they turned it all into digital te uh, platforms. So she's at home teaching and she has 
so much work with uh, changing everything into a digital world. And usually my my parents are the ones that uh, fix my children up from uh, school and from uh, kindergarten because uh, she's still away and I usually go away before the pickup time. Uh, and now they are over they are over 70 both so they they're quarantined so they should stay at home they shouldn't go in anywhere mm. so instead i find myself spending more time with my children and also helping my parents out because they've helped me out so much but now i go shop for them and i help uh, them shift tires on the cars and, and everything that needs to be done which they can't do because they can't go into a shop uh, so that's a lot of the time in, in, in my day, but also I try to practice uh, always breathing and, and warm up and, uh, and some pieces, parts of this opera that I mentioned, and also for different programs that I have in mind that I want to create for a digital concert, hmm. uh, which I'm working on right now to find uh, uh, the solutions for. Yeah. And also, of course, a lot of time I spend, for example, building my new web page and, and finding different ways and also getting inspired from the different and, and reading about the different solutions that are there and then mm. studying, educating myself and also helping out other music, musicians in uh, that what we do together in these Monday music meetups and uh, digital marketing groups mm. that we drive. Yeah, so a typical day is, is I'm at home a lot, which I'm yeah. not used to. But. <laughs> and and it, it also is about boundaries, isn't it? And and both sort of internal when you work from home and how you set up mm. your day as a creative, because uh, you, you need also your space, like you say, to, to study your music yes. and to rehearse. And how do you do that if suddenly the mm. kids come in or suddenly someone yeah. knocks on the door or whatever it might be? But it's also when you are also uh, live casting or and doing things online, and and suddenly people see behind sort of the behind the scenes in a way. Uh, yes. I know that, that there have been quite a few of those discussions, and I don't know for you tuning into this live cast if you agree. Uh, where over the years, I mean, the arts it can sometimes be a bit mystical, and and the mm -hmm. artist can be put on a pedestal, and you you might go to a, a theater or a concert hall, and and the performers are on stage, and you are there in the auditorium, and it's sort of magical mystical and you have the sort of heightened sense of, of something very special happening and then suddenly someone is at home maybe not singing from the shower but you know giving a concert from you know and you can see the kitchen table behind you or whatever it is sort of does it add to the mystique or is it too private or personal or how do you sort of balance because social media is all about being authentic and genuine we see that mm -hmm. all the time and especially now during covid as well it is about that trust and building relationships and long-term relationships. So it'll be interesting to see uh, the results of these months now ahead when, because it is obviously a bit more raw than normal. Even this, yeah. what we are doing now, this is us, this is real, is very here now in the moment. But how does that affect then people going back to the live stages in the houses again? Mm. Do they long for that or do they feel that oh, this is actually okay just to tune in digitally? We don't really need to go we don't need that extra layer that a house brings mm -hmm. because we feel this good enough this way. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, exactly. It's a very interesting question because I'm quite lucky. I have a studio at home. It's it's quite small, but I can be here. It was crowded when I COVID-19 started, but I 
quickly arranged it because I usually was in, in other parts of the home rehearsing myself with a real piano uh, and here I have a digital piano. But I can be by myself practicing, I have a place to be and I can sing and I'm not bothering my wife in her work. But as you say, it's also inviting people to your own world because it's also important as an artist to have these boundaries to have and I'm myself uh, I'm, I'm an introverted person also I, I've, I have a lot of thoughts in myself that I work with and, and I, I it's it costs me energy to be with people so to speak I love it but it also mm. costs me energy so I need the parts where I'm just myself and focused and and do something that I'm, uh, I want to read something or, or watch a movie myself or something. So uh, it's like you say, it's, it's important with these boundaries. And I have had a difficulty finding also the right level of what, what do I share and what shouldn't I share? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but it's a good thing to also f- have the feeling that if you're online like this, that I actually go out, uh, okay, I, I'll dress up a bit, I'll put on a shirt and I, I shave myself and I go into the shower and, and just prepare myself and feel that I go out to something official also. That's also a good yeah. energizing thing to feel. So in a way, it's a positive thing. But also this about going back to the concert halls is an interesting thing because I I strongly believe that we as human beings have the need to meet in real life. Mm. And I think, for example, the musical stage is a really important way. The cultural stage stage is a really important way of meeting together. Yeah. I mean, you have the movies, but you still go to the cinema. Mm. And you have the all these recordings that are 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 so perfected and so clean and so beautiful and in a way, mm. but you still want to go the live concerts before COVID nineteen struck. It, it the the live concerts was was really on a race, mm. and you could see that the people was really filling the concert halls. Yeah. Also in the classical world in Sweden, which hasn't been a trend before. Yeah. Might I add so, something to that, Michael? Just hold that thought because it, it, when yeah. you say that, it, I'm just reminded also of the fact that when you now go live like we are doing mm-hmm. and, and many mm-hmm. artists around the world are now doing just moving online, doing things online whilst waiting for things to sort of clear. But it's always sort of one way. It's you looking into a camera to an yes. uh, audience. You're facing an audience that you cannot really mm-hmm. see. In here, we can I, we see each other and we might see a few yes. people. So it could be exactly. very yeah, yeah, yeah. But how do you make sure that you get, the, if not the same feel, but where you can actually see the audience reacting. And I've yeah. been privileged to, I've been invited to see some of the VR solutions that are around the corner mm-hmm. where you can actually, as a performer, you can pretend that you are the audience goer and you can watch the performer. So that's sort of one angle. But you can also, as a performer, see the audience in mm-hmm. VR. And that is pretty amazing. And I, uh, it'll be interesting. And I'd love to hear your take on this. And for the rest of you also watching this livecast, once you try these out, these new tools, obviously it could never be the same as being in a live hall or, a, you know, in a live concert hall or live art arena in, in any shape or form. Mm-hmm. But the fact that you can actually see someone raising their eyebrows or smiling yeah. or clapping, yeah. or, it's just, wow, that's mind-blowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts exactly. about that? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's really interesting. I've actually <laughs> uh, questioned myself exactly this. But, I mean, 
it's about the audience experiencing us, uh, of course, and the sound quality and the video quality yeah. and the intimate format or something. But it's also about how do I as an artist get the contact? But there are different levels of this. At an early stage, when the concerts closed down, I, uh, some of them at least, or, or two of them, decided to turn it into a digital version, online version. And one of them mm. uh, was a church concert. There were both church concerts, but one of them was mass of some kind and they turned it into uh, just a, a normal, I mean, uh, it, it was um, a oratory piece, but they turned it mm. into uh, just a high mass. Mm. So we four soloists that were engaged the, mm. We, instead of singing this oratory piece, we uh, solo its parts in this oratory piece with the choir and the orchestra and everything. We did it as uh, just four part uh, solo choral parts, singing mm -hmm. some choral parts of Bach. And it was really a very beautiful uh, mm. ceremony. But they recorded it and mm. sent it later. Mm. Uh, and just the day before that, I had the opportunity to do a real live stream concert. And mm. this was a, a bit bigger, so they had a whole uh, filming team. And uh, we did a Bach cantata and, and a, a Bach motet. And we were a bit more, we were around 20 in the, in the ensemble with uh, mm. some instrumentalists and some singers. But I really remember the different feeling because mm. the, even though we didn't have an audience, I knew that it was live. It was sent live. So yeah. it was a different feeling. It wasn't yeah. changed anything or edited. So I got nervous on the day when I had the, the, the live recording session, the, the, the yeah. live um, yeah. online concert. But when we, mm. it was just a recording, I didn't have the mm. feeling of this was for real. Yeah. So I really, and if you can, raising it a step and if you could actually meet the people somehow in the room it yeah, would really that, yeah. bring something to it for the artist yeah and for the and audience it, i mean to be part of an experience i, I find uh, i have a background as a stage manager that's what how i started out and i remember mm -hmm. the very same production where you had you know you were running a, you had a production running for several months for instance it could be completely different from one day to the next one day it was pure magic and everything just clicked and and you could tell the performers and the audiences were really mm -hmm. feeding off each other and you had this great chemistry and energy in the room whereas other nights it was completely dead and mm. it was just something lacking and you couldn't put your finger on it, what it was. So, and now that we are sort of doing live streams or pre-recorded even, and you cannot see the audiences for sure, mm. it is. Different. Yes. Yeah. Huh. Really well, is. Yeah. And I'm curious, I mean, we are sort of getting closer to the end and again, hello and yes. welcome to everyone for tuning in. I'm so thrilled to see so many joining us for this uh, episode number two of Arts Dynamics Talks. I forgot to mention at the beginning, if you want to know more about Arts Dynamics, what it is, it's basically Arts Dynamics. It's, it's uh, strategies and tools to support entrepreneurs within the arts to gain clarity and have direction and the things that we cover and much, much more. So if you find, want to find more information, you can go to artsdynamics.com or the Facebook page 
Arts Dynamics, where we are hosting these lives. And today we're here with Michael Axelsson, who is an opera singer, but also an entrepreneur and also has a company called Entrepreneur. So it's quite handy that way. <laughs> and I've been privileged to work with Michael several times over the years. He's a brilliant performer. And we've also done a lot of entrepreneurial uh, teachings together, uh, teaching uh, music entrepreneurship. So I'm so happy and so glad that you could take time out of your busy day to be here today as well, Michael. And I'm just curious now when sort of we're getting closer to the end and if we sort of look to the future and where things are going, we've already covered a lot of digital sort of tools and even covered 5G and and, uh, VR and all of that. But but coming back to you where you are uh, in your life and and your identity as an artist and um, what are your plans moving forward? I know you're going back to the Opera House. You mentioned that. So just tell me a little bit. What are your plans moving forward? Yes. Well, first of all, like we said in the beginning, I'm I'm turning into also creating this digital world, which is me as an artist online. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm I have built a new web page which is going live just when we speak now, and I'm also creating different kinds of levels of recordings to be able to put in different levels. So some parts of the recordings will be for free, of course, and I'm as a part of my promotion as an artist. Some parts I will try to create as a, a subscription part where someone who would want to dive in deeper into me as an artist would pay some kind of monthly subscription for or, or uh, just for this uh, video or something. And also I'm looking into ways to create concert a chamber music concert way of um, uh, uh, having a concert online mm. uh, streaming online uh, live but also creating value for me as a mus- musician and other musicians in the way same mm. time so I'm, I'm really thrilled about the opportunity we have now to explore this way of also getting a reach for in, in the little part of the world where we find ourselves in perhaps me living on Värmdö, which is an island outside Stockholm. Also, how can I lift this digitally if I create an online concert? Anyone in the world could see it. So if yeah. I create a, a no uh, promote it in the right way, we could lift the whole community. That way we could also engage the community because it would be a very important thing for the community where I live. So yeah. it's it's both in the international big uh, sense, but it's also in the local, small sense. So global, sense. yes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's global, but it's also in the same way, something I do really, which, yeah. which is also one of my values to be of uh, work a lot closer to home, yeah. so to speak. Yeah, I love that. And I look forward to you hearing more about, I know you had plans mm. for festival and, and to see what happens with that. And you're so yes. right about that. The fact you and speak to so many people around the world within our industry that are panicking right now. Uh, We are several months into corona and fatigue is setting in and it can look quite grim. People losing their work and you don't know Mm. when new uh, work is coming in. And I just also wanted to really send you a positive signal to say that, yes, I understand things are tough. uh, But like Michael is saying, there are ways that you can find new income streams in a way that also complements what you do offline. But it all begins with clarity who you are, when you want to be, and also in in what forums, uh, sort of what forums that you are drawn to. We are talking about Mm. music today obviously because Michael is a musician 
but it could also be within dance or an art gallery or you just have to fine tune it to what you do and I also found it very interesting what you said Michael about you being an introvert uh, I know you've taken Roger Hamilton's test and arts dynamics is built upon Roger Hamilton's uh, wealth dynamics and talent dynamics test which is all about finding out what kind of genius you are how you get into flow as a person you can be a singer an artist it doesn't matter which profile you have but it, it determines how you set up your promotions how you get into mm -hmm. flow and to sort of go with that instead of against that and use that as a um like a superpower now when you sort of build the next stage of your artistic career that is so uh yes uh we are coming up to three o'clock swedish time yes. uh two o'clock uk time and i don't know the time in the rest of the world uh, so if you are by the way doing live shows and stuff remember to think about which time zone you want them to be viewed within because you might have audiences in asia or in other parts of the world so just make sure that if you do live streams or even pre-recorded that you want them to see do it in a time zone that fits them so uh, we're going to end here and uh, again, check in, look into artsdynamics.com for more information about that if you want more inspiration and support. And Michael, do you have a final sort of piece of advice for people listening in? I don't think I've forgotten to say perhaps or just some piece of advice that you would like to share? Well, hang in there, but also <laughs> it's the first advice. But it, also, I mean, if you find yourself lost, try to go back to your values. What's the thing that you value most in your life. Can yeah. you find a, a way to direct your energy through the, those values? I think that's the solution to go forward. Yeah. So back to basics, basically. Setting yes, back to basics. Moving yes. forward. And yes. also remember, it does not have to be perfect. Even I mm. have been sort of about to cough for an hour and swallowing and swallowing. So I don't know if you've heard that or not. <laughs> no, I haven't. If you, <laughs> if you do, then that's why. <laughs> That's how it is when you go live. But mm. you just have to jump in and take a leap of faith and try new things. And remember, mm -hmm. you are not alone for people watching and tuning in and listening to the podcast perhaps later. You're not alone. You've got a community of people supporting you all over the world. We'd love to touch base with you, find out where you are. And with that, I'd like to say thank you, Michael, so much again for joining this uh, live session with me, speaking English thank and you. all. You are absolutely yes. brilliant. It will be a, uh, a blast to follow your career moving forward and to see all the amazing things that you're up to. And we'll see you as a guest expert and mentor also within Arts Dynamics Entrepreneur Mastermind, which I also look very much forward to. So have a wonderful day, Michael. Thank you so much. And thank you also to all of you tuning in and see you on social media. Take care now. All the best. Take care. Bye. Bye. Hello, it's Sophie again. Thank you for listening. And I'm just here to say again that you are more than welcome to join us on social media. Just look for Arts Dynamics. And also, if you want more news and updates, go to our website, artsdynamics.com and sign up to the newsletter where you'll get some free treats, some resources and strategies and tools for free to help you pivot and thrive in the months and years to come. So with that, I wish you a wonderful rest of the day and look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode. Take care now.